This podcast is meant for general health information and is not meant to override any medical advice. All questions will be screened and not contain any personal information. If you want a private consultation, contact us via positivechoice.org or you can contact your provider directly. Thank you and enjoy the episode. Hello, and welcome to the Positive Choice Wellness Podcast. My name is Melanie. I'm an exercise physiologist and nutritionist. And today we have someone new with us. Might that be? Woohoo! Hello, my name is Kimberly. <laughs> I am a registered dietitian. Excited Hi, to be welcome. Here. Welcome, Kimberly. It's so Thank exciting you. to have you. Thank so, you. Thank um, you. Kind of, kind of a fun, a fun new year for us this year, and we were we were chit chatting and trying to figure out like what would be a really interesting thing to discuss. And he really had the most amazing idea, and she was like, you know, we should talk about salt because <laughs> she's salty. I'm just kidding, uh, but but yeah, I thought that was a really fascinating conversation. And I am not a dietitian, so I'm all about learning about this kind of cool stuff. But yeah, yeah before we get into that though, I feel like. People should get to know you a little bit. Who are you? Yeah, such a good question. Deep question. Uh, well, I my name is Kimberly Lacasa, and um, I work at Positive Choice, of course, which is, you know, I'm biased, but the most fabulous place. And um, <laughs> yeah, I, I love all things nutrition and got into it um, kind of more when I was an athlete college and saw how it like, you know, affected our body and performance and whatnot. And um just kind of been studying it ever since, fell in love with it. And I do it just as much in my, you know, personal life as I do in my professional life and uh, try to practice what I preach. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I love all things health. I'm super hyped to chat about all the healthy things with you. Yay. Well, that's exciting. Well, welcome. Um, (laughs) It'll be really cool to have a a perspective like this. This is really neat. So so let's talk salt then, shall we? I want to get to know a little bit more about salt. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, what I was kind of curious about is, is what brought you to think about this discussion? Why are you interested in this? What's, what's so cool about it? Yeah, I love that. I, I think the thing with salt for me is so much in our, you know, nutrition realm of things. There's, we have to think about the things that we're not quite getting in enough of. And salt is one of the things kind of like sugar, you don't really have to try. And we have way too much of it. Um, it's in so many things that are processed and packaged and dining out. It's just, um, very commonplace in, you know, especially the United States where we, we eat a lot of those convenience type foods. So, um, I think the, the concept to me is that, uh, you know, we're having a lot of it and then we have to be aware of it. And why is that, you know, something we should be aware of and then being creative to, um, come up with alternatives to still make our food tasty. So it's just an interesting topic to me because, you know, typically there's like super sugary lovers and super salt lovers and the sugary tends to get talked about a little bit more than the salt. So I think it's fun to like, I don't know, delve into it a little bit. (laughs) The other one. Is it really bad though? Is it really like an inherently bad thing to have? That's a good question. No, it is not an inherently bad thing to have. It is right. (laughs) It's the, the aggressive amount in which we consume it. Aggressive. Okay. I like that description. (laughs) The aggressive amount. Okay. Okay. So, so as far as, you know, with, with this overabundance of salt in our diets then, so 
I guess like if we were to have like a regular amount, what is it like? Let's just start with like the normal amount. What what would that do for us? Why? What like how much do we need? What's that going to do if we consume the correct amount? Not too much. You know what I mean? Like, yes. what about that? Love that. So according to the American Heart Association, we're supposed to be having like ideally about 1500 milligrams of salt a day. Um, we definitely consume more than that. We can get into that a little bit, but what we need salt for is for, um, nerve impulses. We need it for muscle contraction and relaxation. We need it for, um, like water balance in our body, mineral balance, that kind of thing. So it definitely serves a purpose in our body. Um, again, it's just the, that aggressive (laughs) volume that, that makes it a different story a little bit, but, um, about 1500 milligrams a day you know, is what the American Heart Association says is like the goal, essentially. Interesting. I had heard, yeah, like I had heard it was, it was, I mean, obviously this is what I was learned. It was 2,300 milligrams, not 15. Mm -hmm. I thought that was for people with hypertension actually. Yeah. So that is true. And based on, you're one of those people, aren't you? Yeah. I know. I'm like, less (laughs) is my heart. No. Um, But yeah, I think the, I don't know. It just kind of seems to me like setting the standard at 2,300 people, we're okay with going a little bit over. And typically we're getting close to one and a half times that amount usually is oh. the average. Um, okay. So we think we're going over a little and when we're a little extra generous, you know what I'm saying? So I, you know, 2,300, if you're eating more than that, getting to 2,300 is a fabulous goal. Absolutely. Um, ideally on a more regular basis, we could be consuming a little bit less than that. And then of course, you know, this varies depending on what you do as a lifestyle, right? So if someone's like a construction worker out in the sun all day, lifting heavy things and sweating, they're going to need more salt than someone who works a desk job and doesn't move at all, you know, or someone with like a, like some kind of cardiac condition. So it does vary based off of, you know, lifestyle and things that we have going on too. So those are like very generic recommendations, basically. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause you know, we, we both teach healthy balance. We both teach health health Mm -hmm. education classes as I stumble through that sentence. Um, (laughs) and you know, the, the interesting thing I get a lot is these these people who are a little like fearful of eating too much salt, but then they only count the salt they're adding, like in terms of a shaker or just grinding salt on their food rather than, you know, aren't there foods that are inherently salty as well? Like naturally. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There are definitely foods that are naturally higher in salt than others, right? Usually it's more, um, as you can imagine, an animal-based product would be mm-hmm. naturally higher in salt. Um, but what I think is a fun fact is the CDC says that less than 30% of our salt for the whole entire day comes from what we add to food, um, oh. which means more than 70% comes from um, other sources, you know, typically are pre-processed and dining out foods. So oh, that's um, interesting. I know, right? I find that kind I, of interesting too. I wouldn't have thought that. I wouldn't have yeah. thought that at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but I, I guess I, a lot of people don't like cook at home quite as much, right? We do more yeah, that's, convenience. That's so. Fair point. I mean, this day and age, we're kind of obsessed with eating out, dining out, all that fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. I just, I think back, I think back historically long time, gosh, long time ago, I think it was 2015, maybe I was teaching Mm -hmm. a healthy balance class back when you used to do those potlucks back in the olden days. And someone brought in this dish and it was the saltiest thing I ever put in my mouth. It was so bad. And they didn't say anything. So I didn't want to be mean, but I was like, oh my gosh, this is why people have sodium issues. And you're telling me that's not the case. That was homemade. That was just just a lot of salt. (laughs) 
Oh my gosh. It's true. That's so funny. And when we're cooking, salt is one of those things too that you have to think about. You can't, well, you know, you cook, you cook a lot of amazing food, but you can't um, take it out, right? You can always add more, but you can't remove it. So it's one of those you have to be careful with. Yeah. Yeah, that's, That's a fair point. So Obviously, when we're adding salt, well, not when we're adding salt, but when manufacturers are adding salt to their products, it's typically used as one of those like natural preservatives, right? One of the world's longest Mm. used preservatives ever next to fermentation. So salt's definitely something that can be beneficial in that way, keeping food safer longer. Mm -hmm. Um, But obviously, yeah, it it can be problematic. So what are some of the, the issues with consuming too much salt? Like, why would that be a problem? Yeah, I love that. Um, so essentially, like, kind of what we talked about, uh, one of sodium's main functions in our body is uh, the the balance of water. Mm-hmm. And essentially, when we are consuming excessive, aggressive amounts of salt, um, the body holds onto more water to help dilute it from our system. Um, so basically, what that does is that increases the volume of fluid, um, not only outside yourselves, but like essentially the volume of your bloodstream. Uh, And when that volume is increased, that increases, as you can imagine, the workload on our heart. Our heart has a lot more effort, a lot more volume to pump around. Uh, Mm -hmm. And that causes things to stiffen over time. When we do that regularly over and over and over, causes things to stiffen, uh, which then leads to things like high blood pressure, increased risk of like heart attack and stroke, um, that kind of thing. And they're finding more, too, that... um, like excessive amounts of salt can be bad for bones as well. Like it's leaching calcium out of bones type of thing. That's, that's interesting. I had no idea about that. <laughs> okay. Right? Yeah. Is that like a relatively new study that came out about that with the bones? I think so. I think so. It's not um, something I found a, an abundance of information, you know, in yeah, recent you know. studies, but some new findings. Yeah, that's an interesting thing because, you know, I saw a study a couple years back that was suggesting that if you have a risk for hypertension, high blood pressure, or if you have it currently, obviously you need to limit your salt. But then they were finding that most other people don't need to actually limit their salt if you don't have any risk factors, which I thought was like, oh, interesting. But it was only one study that suggests that, which Mm. obviously doesn't mean it's set in stone. But it just Mm. makes me think about, you know certain cultures and populations, you know, like, um, like Japan, they're, they're notorious for adding a lot of salt to their food, yet their risk, their hypertension rates are very, very low. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I kind of find it interesting how this research is going back. But isn't that the thing? It goes back and forth. There's, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. It does. It doesn't. Does it? Always. Yeah. Yeah. What is right? What is wrong? That's Who knows? True. So this is all the current stuff that they're finding right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And one thing too, I wonder with different cultures also that do consume more salt is, Potassium is one of those nutrients that we actually need in a greater volume than sodium, but potassium has the opposite effect of uh, sodium. It actually helps lower blood pressure. So people who eat a lot of fruits and vegetables, you know, are getting in a good amount of potassium, uh, which could help, you know, in theory, counter. Interesting. Okay. Well, I did. I I did actually know that because that's yeah <laughs> one of those little <laughs> trivia things that I happen to know. But that that is interesting. So it's funny because yeah. you're mentioning potassium, and I know that a lot of salt substitutes actually use. I think it's what potassium chloride as their yes sodium yeah. alternative. Mm-hmm. And does it? I don't even know if it has a salty taste. I've never tried it, so I wouldn't know. But neither have I. To be totally oh, honest, we don't know. 
Someone will have to tell us. Oh, yeah, report back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I've never tried it, but I've 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 heard people use that as an alternative just to limit their sodium intake, and they really enjoy it, and they think it tastes pretty good. So I wasn't sure if that had a similar effect, but if it's the opposite effect of salt, like sodium chloride, I think that's mm-hmm. probably something worth looking into as an alternative for sodium in general. Mm-hmm. But that's, I'm yeah, sad. this is... Gosh, this is interesting. The research is always so fun. Uh, I know, right? It is. It's cool. <laughs> so, so obviously you're you're talking about processed food that you're finding all mm-hmm. the salt in. So, what can we do about that? Because you know, in this day and age, it's hard to not find things that are processed. Like a lot of stuff's processed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, I think it comes down to just being aware. So, first of all, like looking at the food you're consuming, getting comfortable reading labels. Um, or I understand that the label can be a very daunting thing to look at because there's a kind of a lot of information on it. So I've um, learned that most people have no idea how to read labels like at yeah. all, including my own mother. I love her, but Aww. she's like, this has two grams of fat. I'm like, what's that mean? She's like, it's good. I'm like, Oh, okay. Okay. Thanks, great. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's awesome. I love that. I know. I, I usually, when I teach people about reading the label, I, I usually try to get them to be like, okay, pick one or two things that you want to focus on, right? Usually I'm like, look at that ingredients list and then maybe pick the number or something, mm-hmm. but um, try to get comfortable, like getting used to those numbers. So it becomes a little more second nature to read them and then start trying to read other pieces of the label, you know, instead of like trying to find the Every perfect label, because yeah, that will be, you'll be in the store for a long time. If you do that. Yeah, exactly. You're <laughs> going to have to do a whole work day just in the grocery store. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. So then for reading labels then, so how, how do we go? Like, obviously they have a sodium section on there, but like, you know, when you look at a label, how do we know if that's high or low, you know? Cause I get, that's the thing. Cause I tell, I tell people this, like when you look at the numbers, what are you basing that on that you say it's good or bad? What is your basis? And a lot of people like, I don't know. It just looks small or it looked large, you know? And so like, how do we actually figure out is something really salty? Is something not too high in salt? Like, how do we know this? I love that. I love that. Yeah, it's, um, it's true. It's usually we base it off of our like opinion. Right. Um, but no, for, for salt, there are some key terms that you can actually look out for. Um, so again, keep in mind, ideally we're, we're lowering our intake to about 2,300 milligrams of salt a day, working more towards like 1500. Um, so you can always, you know, look at those numbers and, and do some math if you wanted to, but there are, Oh math. Right. Oh math. Don't we all just want to do math? I love um, it so much. I know. <laughs> it's the best. That's why they make calculators. Okay. Yeah. But but there are some terms on the label that you can look for that help you identify like roughly if um an item is is lower in salt content or not. So like in the see, ingredients list? Oh no, not on the ingredients list. The way it's oh. marketed on the front. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So good question. Should have identified that. That's, that's um, yeah, what I'm asking so, them. <laughs> pick your brain. Let me do it. Yes, that, absolutely. Um, so on the front of the label, for example, um, not the front of the, the front of the product, if you um, see the term like salt-free, sodium-free, mm-hmm. um, usually there's about five milligrams of salt or less in a serving. Okay. So it's not technically free, but it's very, very low. Then we have, speaking of very low, we have very low sodium. So if you see that marketed to you, it's 35 milligrams or less per serving. Um, And then there is the term low sodium, which is 140 milligrams of sodium or less per serving. Uh, And then we also have reduced 
sodium. So if you see, that's a term that I think I see more frequently personally mm -hmm. looking at stuff. Um, but reduced sodium means that there is at least 25% less sodium than the original. Oh, so they just deviate all the way from the numbers. They're like, it's a percentage uh -huh. of the product now. Okay. Yeah. They're like, now really work your brain. <laughs> uh, and then there's, if you see light in salt or lightly salted, something like that, that's 50% less than the original product. Um, so yeah, they take a shift from milligrams to percentages to make us ah. exercise our brains. But those are some that a little, bit, little bit of that technique though, to like confuse us as well. Right. Yes. Like what's light yeah. versus reduce versus low. Like I think the average person true. would look at it and go, oh, it's all the same. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent true. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I mean, at least to a certain extent, they're all helpful, right? We just makes it harder to memorize. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know that and that's good news for me because yeah. now I learned something new because yeah, that's, I wouldn't have thought that I wouldn't have thought that they would have such like such a shift in the percentage. Cause I, I am horrible at math, <laughs> horrible. I didn't get a degree in that for a reason. So, yeah. you know, just, Oh, cool. Let me do that. Nope. I just will just eat it. You know, I'll just be salty today. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. So then if you're looking just like, maybe you're looking at a product that doesn't have light, reduced, low, any of those terminologies, just a standard product of some sort. Like, how do you know, what would be a sufficient amount on there? Like, you know, that's the thing. That's where I want to know. If you look at a product and go, okay, it has 200 milligrams or what have you. How do you know if that's a low amount of salt, especially with all the products we have on the market? You know, it could get really confusing. It could get really confusing. And I think too, it comes down to, um, well, what is the food, right? And then what else are you consuming throughout your day? Like, yeah, oh, well. <laughs> shoot. I'm just kidding. Just yeah, you're like, uh, turkey lunch meat is yeah. also incredibly high. Oh, um, you just made some people very sad just now. Continue. I know, I know. We'll get there. Um, <laughs> but, but I think that it, for me, it kind of comes down to like pick and choosing what you're going to have throughout your day. So realistically, if you're being careful in other places and monitoring your salt intake and you're having one thing that has 200 milligrams of salt in it, um, that is definitely not going to be the end of the world. You know, 200 milligrams can go a long way. So, um, on the other hand, if we're having, for example, like a ready-made, uh, flavored type of like sausage, for example, those usually have more like 500 milligrams of sodium mm -hmm. for one. Um, I've personally like, you know, watched people I know and love eat more than one in a sitting, um, <laughs> you know, so it's, we have all just seen that, I think, or done yeah, it ourselves, know, right? you know, yeah, one of the two. Like rare, yeah. Oh yeah. Guilty. Um, that's not a rare occurrence for sure. But, um, I, so I, I feel like I'm ha I don't know if that makes sense or is answering your question really, but it comes down to like whole picture, I think. Yeah. There's a lot of factors involved and it's not easy just to go up. Oh, this is high. This is low. You have to factor in other parts of it. Right. Yes. Cause that's, I guess that's kind of what I instruct people too. You know, when you're looking at, let's say a frozen entree, those are almost always notoriously salty, but there's ones mm -hmm. that could be a lot worse. And, you know, like anything like teriyaki or soy sauce base, those are heavily salted items typically. And, you know, mm -hmm. they're delicious. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, they tend to be higher in the salt as well. And so that's where I'm like, well, you have to pick and choose your battles. <laughs> like, yeah, What, what matters true. to you in that moment? Mm -hmm. um, but as, as I'm just stating, there's a lot of different types of salts, right? Because mm -hmm. yeah. we always think of salt as like table salt, like potassium, sorry, sodium chloride, 
Mm -hmm. We've mentioned potassium chloride, which would be the alternative is salt-free, MSG, mm -hmm. another type of salt. Are there other salts that I'm not thinking of? I'm trying to think if there's more. There, I mean... I'm sure there are more. Yeah, there, I mean, I know there's a lot, but um, you mean like pink Himalayan and like that kind of thing? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we can get into that. Uh, I know those right. types of salts. <laughs> I'm thinking more like chemically, chemically okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. different salts. Um. Because, yeah, like, oh, Himalayan or black salt, this salt. Like, yeah, there's a whole yeah, bunch. Yeah. <laughs> Fleur totally. de sel. Uh, Fleur de sel. Yeah. Totally. You know, the fancy salt, the stuff you sprinkle on from the French people. Yes. Um, but so if you're tracking your salt, then this is what I want to know. How, how do you track food salt? Like, not with a label. You know what I mean? Like, you know, what I've heard and what I've understood is celery is actually inherently pretty salty naturally. Hmm. How do you how do you measure the salt you're eating from food that's naturally occurring? You know, yeah, yeah, not the not like a ready processed made food because ideally we want to read or we read, we want to eat the foods that don't even come with labels, right? Which is yeah. largely like fruits and vegetables. So um, that would involve some lovely handy research on your own. Part. <laughs> so using the the friendly interweb to help us know. Um, how much is in what we're consuming. Not so simple then. Not I know. So simple. Ugh. I mean, if only it all had the same amount, that would be But like you mentioned, there are some that are, you know, naturally higher than others. And, and animal products are going to be, of course, higher than a fruit or a vegetable. Um, but as you mentioned, celery contains some naturally as well. So people are always mind blown when I say that. I'm like, where do you think celery salt came from? <laughs> It's a whole a seasoning point. you could buy at the store <laughs> <laughs> from celery. <laughs> oh, that's such a good point. Who'd have thunk? Who'd thunk? It's true. So then for, for anyone who would be listening to this, I'm sure everyone's curious, like, what are some of the heavy hitters of salt? Like you mentioned animal products for sure, but you know, if you're good, you know, processed foods, but what, what's, I mean, there's low sodium ones. There's me. What are some things that are definitely you should look out for probably pretty salty? Yes, absolutely. Um, so what's cool is the Center for Disease Control actually has the CDC, right? Uh, actually has a list of what they consider the top 10 sources of uh, sodium in our diets. Mm -hmm. So the first one is actually types of bread, breads and rolls, which um, I think is so heartbreaking to understand that it can be such a source of sodium, but uh, I make bread. A, it is it is very salty. Yeah. I know exactly yeah. how much I'm putting in there. <laughs> I was gonna say you would know. You make delicious bread. Yeah, um, salt in there. Yeah, yeah. Contains That's why salt, it tastes right? so good. If you don't add salt, your bread tastes horrible. Add it's your salt. True. Oh my gosh, it's true. If you've ever tried low sodium bread, it's slightly resembles cardboard. So <laughs> it does it does give it a flavor. <laughs> Not if anyone is like a fan of that, we're sorry. <laughs> yes, yes. No, more power to you. I wish I could, but you know. Not to for each your taste. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then pizza. Pizza's a big one. Of um course, pizza, yeah. As, yeah, right. I mean, it has multiple culprits rolled into one. Uh, and then sandwiches, which same concept, right? Multiple culprits rolled into one. Um, it says that includes burgers, which is a burger sandwich? <laughs> I don't know. But same delivery system, I guess. Um, <laughs> I mean, we can have a whole debate on that. Like, is a hot dog a taco? Like, come on, let's get into it. Oh my gosh. No, 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 no. Not the conversation we're having today. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, as you can imagine, a cold cut or a cured meat, right? Because you'd mentioned earlier about salt being um, kind of that preservative type factor. So 
uh, it's used a lot in those foods that can, you know, be preserved and last longer. Uh, canned foods, same thing, soups, right? Um, here in Southern California, this is a big one, but burritos and tacos. <gasps> yes. No. Right. And, sal and salsas too, actually, right. I think. Right? Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. That's a, a kind of a more sneaky source is condiments. Uh, typically, we mm. don't think about them quite as much. I mean, same with sugars, right? We don't think about them being high in sugars as well. But yeah, condiments can be a sneaky source. Um, savory snacks, right? So the grab and go like popcorn, chips, pretzels, crackers, right? Those yeah. types of things. Um, jerky. jerky, huge one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then things like chicken is naturally higher in salt. Cheese is naturally higher in salt. Um, yeah. Grab and go items from the grocery store. All the convenient stuff is what I'm hearing. Yes. Yeah. The stuff that you have to do less with typically <laughs> has more salt in it. The least amount of effort you put in is going to be saltier. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Well, then that brings me to the question of like, well, how do we, re like, obviously we look out for those types of things, but is there like techniques we can use to like navigate this? Like, how do we go about reducing our sodium intake overall? Because as Americans, we probably consume quite a bit. We know that. So how do we reduce it? Yeah, absolutely. It's starting to make a shift in the foods that we choose, right? Whether that's at the grocery store or when dining out. So obviously, uh, more fruits and vegetables, the more the merrier, right? They have more potassium in them as well. Um, so including a variety of those foods will really help lower salt uh, You're kind salt of su intake. suggesting like indicating you should balance potassium with sodium then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Um, now with those convenience foods, you would look for those terms, kind of what we talked about without, um, you know, the lower in sodium, no salt added, those kinds of things. Um, if you're going to go for like frozen products, um, especially like a frozen vegetable type of thing, try to get one without the added sauces or, or whatever, just, just the vegetables themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, with canned foods, what we can do is select a low sodium or a no salt. Those are pretty common, but you can also like rinse and drain, um, like vegetables, beans, those kinds of things, rinse them out to get rid of a little bit of extra. Okay. Um, I think portion sizes is a big one, right? So, I mean, in this day and age, I think that completely cutting out dining out or completely cutting out convenience foods is, um, not quite as realistic. So if you can, right, that's cool. But, mm -hmm. um, but watch your portion sizes of the, the ready-made stuff that we do buy, because, um, like we talked about, those are more of the bigger culprits. Um, and then, you know, the more we can cook from home, the better, right? The alternatives that we make at home, uh, can be, you know, healthier, more nutrition or not nutrition, nutrient dense when we're paying attention. So, yeah. um, yeah, kind of, I mean, yeah, you always have bit. more control over like home cooking typically. Right. So that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And one thing I wanted to ask you actually is cause you cook so much. I, what are some of your favorite, like go to add flavor to food without necessarily adding a bunch more salt? All the garlic, <sighs> all the garlic, <laughs> everything garlic, just oh, yeah. only garlic. 100%. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, Oh gosh, if you saw my spice pantry, you'd be like, I say spice pantry, like it's insane. Oh my I gosh, have so spice much pantry. stuff in there. 
Yes. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> so I obviously I like to stick to try to be as culturally close as I can get just because I like to do it. I want to taste how it really should taste. And unfortunately, yeah. there are, you know, some cultural cuisines that are higher on the salt, but there are mm-hmm. some that are not. And like Indian mm-hmm. food is one of those that you can definitely reduce the salt and still get a big pack of flavor. So um, like curry stuff with curry powders and turmeric and garlic and onions and those types of things. Herbs. I love basil. Basil is a really powerful herb that can really bring a lot of flavor to a dish without the sodium intake. Um, you know, I like spicy. Spicy is another one. Uh, if you like spicy, by all means, spice it up. Use all the peppers you can find. Uh, <laughs> to be careful. There's some really spicy ones. And yeah. I just, I try different means of preparing stuff as well. You know, for example, Mm. one thing I really like is I love, I've gotten really into roasting broccoli lately. And if you don't roast it, roast it, it's best. And I zest (laughs) a lemon on it and I squeeze the lemon juice and put like a little bit of olive oil on there for the flavor and some pepper. And I do a tiny bit of salt, but you don't have to because there's, and the garlic, of course, always garlic. If I say anything, imply that there's at least eight cloves of garlic in it. Um, ah. but I, but I make the gar- I make the garlic, I make the broccoli yeah. and I roast it in the oven and it gives all this flavor without the sodium. So yeah. different means of preparing stuff and adding different flavors that you wouldn't even think of really fun can reduce your salt intake that way. At least. Yeah. Unfortunately, bread is not one of those things I will do that for. Um, I usually add more like everything, but the bagel seasoning or something, uh, but yes, (laughs) but that's not low sodium. Uh, (laughs) no, no. (laughs) but that's awesome though. I did have one tip for folks who do like soups or stews or things like that, Mm -hmm. that are, um, oversalted by accident. Mm -hmm. Uh, if you ever oversalt a soup or a stew, throw in some potatoes. Cause potatoes, yeah, they suck that salt right up and then you can reduce your salt really, really nicely that way. Uh, cause I know you said you can't really unsalt things. That's like the one right. exception you can unsalt a soup or a stew. A if soup. you add a potato, you don't even have to eat the potatoes, throw it in there, boil it with it, pull it out. You'll reduce your salt. Not all of it, but a lot of it. Nice. That is a really good pro tip. Yep. Because I may or may not have done that a few times in my life. So, yeah. you know, may <laughs> you learn as you can go. use that tip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that but is yeah, awesome. You know, Lots of, gosh, there's so many, so many things you can add that just provide so much flavor. And what I always encourage folks to do is if there's a flavor you really like, like, let's say you go out to eat and you eat something from a culture or cuisine, you're like, wow, that tasted really good. One, ask what was in it. And then two, try to use those same flavors at home. If you like it, keep using it because that's what matters the most is if you're enjoying what you're eating and you're not missing the salt. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Good. Now, one other thing, and this is like such a weird one, because I, I've had this happen before where I teach my classes and someone takes me like as literally as they can and says like, Melanie says, reduce your salt. I'm just going to reduce it entirely and not have any. I've actually had people with low blood salt before as a result of taking my class a few times. So there is a, there is a need to have it, right? Like we should have some. Absolutely. We need some. So don't go hard zero, right? We know salt serves a purpose in our body. I had a very similar story, actually. My my dad was diagnosed with high blood pressure when I was in high school, I think it was. And we did a hard shift um, where we like bought low sodium, everything, cut it out completely. And I started having fainting spells. Oh, And I think uh, we, I don't know, probably let it happen a couple of times and then went to the doctor and I was diagnosed with low blood pressure. So- 
Yeah, we absolutely need salt in our diet. And that just proves that everyone's needs are different, right? Everybody's mm-hmm. body is different. That's why it's good to, you know, know what's going on and, and how our bodies respond and whatnot. But, um, but yeah, don't go hard cold turkey the other direction. Uh, you definitely still need salt in your diet. Even if you have hypertension, you still need some. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is the hardest thing for people to hear when you're like, but you still need some. Because as we're learning, as we go through this world and teaching the classes we teach and getting the education we do, that not really a black or white situation. There's a lot of gray areas. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And salt being one of those gray areas, like it kind of depends on a lot of factors, but it should never be a hard no. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's probably the most interesting thing about the human body is how different we all are. So that's what creates the gray areas, but it's a good thing because we got to learn I don't know. Learn what's best for ourselves in our own scenario. Individual differences, right? Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, well, I think that's a wonderful place to end. We're all different. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, I, I thank you so much for informing everybody about all these cool things about salt. I learned a yes. lot and I thought I knew a lot, but I don't. Um <laughs> You, we, totally do. <laughs> you know we all we all have our expertise and obviously it is interesting to hear it from different perspectives so i appreciate your yeah. input and your your information that you provided um and yeah it's it's wonderful to have you on this is exciting we're gonna gonna learn more about salt some more i think someday i'm sure there'll be more information yeah. to learn about this i'm sure i mean it's like a breathing organism nutrition so sure more things will be coming out you couldn't have said it better uh wow yeah Yeah. (laughs) but um with that being said i thank you all for listening and make sure you like share subscribe if you have any questions feel free to reach out to us on our website positivechoice.org um if you're watching this on youtube feel free to leave a comment below uh but with that being said uh until next time everybody bye